listening to an audio sermon from Hope Bible Church Kelowna. For more information about our church, please visit hopekelowna.ca. Let's get to it. Open your Bibles, Ephesians chapter 6. Ephesians chapter 6, and you will get that settled in, and uh, we are going to be reading. I, I'm, I, I trust that that you picked up the bookmarks that are sitting on your chairs, that you're not sitting, what bookmarks? Well, just kind of reach underneath and grab that bookmark out, and, and, and we will refer to that later on, and I trust that will be an encouragement and a help to you. If you don't have a Bible, the ushers have Bibles. They would love to put one in your hand. If you don't have a Bible at home, take that home with you. That is our gift to you, and, and no better gift that anyone could ever give or receive than the Word of God. And so I just trust that we would uh, just take that to heart and use God's Word today as we look at His Word, as we read His Word together, and then also to as we go from this um, service here today. Once again, I'm going to start in Ephesians chapter 6, starting in verse 10, and then I'm going to ask you to join me when we get to verse 14, as we've been doing for, this will be the 10th week now. Finally, be strong in the Lord and in the strength of his might. Put on the whole armor of God, that you may be able to stand against the schemes of the devil. For we do not wrestle against flesh and blood, but against the rulers, against the authorities, against the cosmic powers of over this present darkness, against the spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly places. Therefore, take up the whole armor of God that you may be able to withstand in the evil day, and having done all, to stand firm. Now join me in standing, and let's declare God's word together. Stand therefore, having fastened on the belt of truth, and having put on the breastplate of righteousness, and as shoes for your feet, having put on the readiness given by the gospel of peace. In all circumstances, take up the shield of faith with which you can extinguish all the flaming darts of the evil one. And take the helmet of salvation and the sword of the Spirit, which is the Word of God, praying at all times in the Spirit with all prayer and supplication. You may be seated. Listed on the screen now are the six pieces of, six pieces of armor and what they represent and how they help us. And you may want to take a picture of that or quickly write it down, but it's going to be changing in a few moments. And, and uh, we're going to press on with this. And, and, and just a reminder of the belt of truth, the breastplate of righteousness, the gospel shoes, the shield of faith, and the helmet of salvation. The sword of the Spirit. But there's another piece, another piece we are going to look at, another vital piece of the armor. And Paul, now think about this here. Paul is writing this letter from prison in Rome where he had been held there captive. He was held in prison for preaching the gospel. Now imagine with me this older man. Imagine with me his long gray beard, his wrinkled face sitting in a prison as he writes. And as he is writing under the direction of the Holy Spirit, he's looking old. He's looking tired. But there's this enduring smile upon his face as he writes, demonstrating this love and this fondness as he writes. And at times as he is writing this letter to this dear church, there's a tear that runs down his face. Paul starts this letter to the Ephesians in the 
churches beyond that and to us today by first of all declaring that if we are in Christ, we are blessed with every spiritual blessing in the heavenlies. And then he goes on for the next three chapters to describe the blessings, the benefits of all that it means to be in Christ. And then as he gets to the end of the letter in chapter 6, he reminds us that it's in the heavenlies where it all began, but he reminds us that it is in the heavenlies, in the spiritual realm, where our greatest opposition and our fight will be. There is a formidable foe that we will face. And he's concerned because there's a great danger. He believes there's a great danger for all of those in, in Ephesus. There's a great da danger for all who are in Christ today. And that's a danger of spiritual overconfidence. And so he warns us not to become complacent, thinking that because we are saved and because we are sealed in Christ that we can take it for granted and, and that we can think that we are invincible and we can can court and we can date the world, so to speak, and, and areas of sin in our lives and that we will be untouched. No, instead he reminds us that we are at war and that we need to be alert and we need to be aware, equipped for battle. And then he explains how we can be equipped with this specialized armor, form-fitted, custom-fit for each one of us. And he knows that this armor will enable us to stand firm and to fight well no matter what comes our way. Now just imagine with me again this aging man, no longer in the prison but standing on the battlefield. Physically, he doesn't look like much. His face is tanned and wrinkled from the years spent on the roads, the time spent at sea and outside making tents. The years have not been very kind to his body. He, he kind of wobbles and he limps when he walks as his knees and his hips are worn out from the over thousands upon thousands of miles that he walked on his missionary journeys. He's hunched over now, not able to stand straight. And partly because of the burden that he's carried for the churches, that have been under his care for so many years. But that's not the only reason why he can't stand straight. It's because of his back and his torso. Because of the scar tissue that has developed there over the years. From five times receiving 39 lashes. Every one of those 195 lashes in total, taking a piece of skin and flesh from him that would need to heal Yes, you see this physically, old, weak, tired apostle. But then you see him dressed in his spiritual armor, dressed for battle. His leather war belt of truth cinched around his waist that has kept his armor firmly in place, wrapping around his torso and giving him strength. And it has guided and strengthened him because of the truth of God's word that he has wrapped his life with. His breastplate of righteousness is firmly in place as it has protected his heart and vital organs all these years. And then you look down at his feet and you see these war boots that have allowed him to stand firmly in countries and continents as he proclaimed the gospel of peace to all people. You see his shield 
that has extinguished blow after blow, dart and fiery arrow after fiery arrow of lies and doubts and deceptions from the enemy. And he's raised that shield by faith, declaring the promises of God. You see his helmet firmly placed and cinched up under his chin that has protected his head, that has allowed him to stand tall in full confidence and assurance that he is in Christ and that Christ is his own. And then in his hand is the sword, his great weapon that could cut through anything and everyone. Armor, flesh, bone, even the souls of his hearers would be pierced by the word because no one in, in, in since Jesus and, and even probably since that time has been able to wield the sword like the Apostle Paul. As he spoke the truth with confidence and yet with love before the church, before opposing crowds, before religious leaders who hated him, before magistrates and even kings, And as you look a little closer, that leather belt is marked with white, salty sweat stains because of the years of use. The breastplate and the shield, the helmet, are all dented and bent and, and charred, and they look pretty worn out. And the sword in his hand has some nicks, and it's been dulled in some areas from many years of warfare. And yet suddenly... You see this tired, hunched over, old warrior come to life. He comes to life and he's rejuvenated with power from on high. His armor no longer charred and dented and looking awful. Get that picture up there, please. We need that. Come on. There we go. And he comes to life and he stands straight and tall. And, and, and it, it, he's standing now like a man with the strength of his youth and he's empowered from pow with power, not of his own, not of, of, of any bump that he gets from the crowd and from people around him, but from power from on high. And how? How is this at all possible? How does this happen? Verse 18, follow along with me. Praying at all times in the Spirit with all power, with all prayer and supplication. To that end, keep alert with all perseverance, making supplication for all the saints. This armor that he is wearing gets activated. The warrior becomes strong and powerful and effective and invincible through prayer. Not just any prayer, but all in prayer, as we will see. Spiritual armor is to put on, is to be put on daily and worn in prayer. And so often we can think that prayer is just an option. It is for the praying types. No, it is essential for every warrior, for every follower of Christ. And one of the reasons why we get beat up and we get bruised and we get discouraged results is a result of prayerless lives or not being all in when it comes to prayer. Yet prayerlessness so easily marks our lives. We get distracted, we get busy. If we don't pray, loved ones, as individuals, as couples, as families, as a church, 
you got to know we're done. We're just done. We're just going through the motions. We're going to be weak and battered around. We will be unfit to face the battles that are guaranteed to come. In the scripture reading today, Jesus said, in this world you will, not you might, you will have troubles. You will have tribulation. Verse 18, once again, praying at all times in the spirit with all prayer and supplication. To that end, keep alert with all perseverance, making supplication for all the saints. Notice all the alls in there, how important the word all is, and there's four alls in there, and this is what we're going to talk about today, about being all in when it comes to prayer. One verse packs on. This is the beauty of God's word, where it is like a sponge that you take and you dip it in the water, and then you just get to squeeze the living daylight, and you squeeze it, and there's just so much truth. One verse guides us into how we are energized and empowered to face whatever comes our way. It's through all prayer, all in prayer. All these things result in prayer. But let's face it, prayer is hard work. It takes, takes discipline. There's also a mystery when it comes to prayer. How God not only ordains the ends, but he also uh, ordains the means to the ends, which is prayer. And how he responds to the prayers of his people and uses the prayers of his people to change people and situations and events all through prayer. And oftentimes then we're left with misconceptions and misunderstanding when it comes to prayer. And the devil, he loves to keep us confused in that. So we don't pray. And so this confusion and, and that can also oftentimes result in feeling guilty or inadequate and it leads us to live oftentimes very prayerless lives. And a prayerless life is a weak life. It's not to live in the strength that is available and that is promised to us. And I trust that today this message isn't going to guilt you. It's going to guide you in a greater way. And for us as individuals, as families, as a church, to be all in when it comes to prayer. Because where there's prayer, there's power. Where there isn't prayer, it's defeat. And the first thing we see this morning as we lean into God's word together, that all in prayer means praying at all times. This speaks about frequency. Verse 18, again, it says, praying at, here's the first all, at all times. All times we are to pray. So what does this mean? Praying at all times. Well, in the Greek, when you go and you look at it and then you translate it to English, you get a fuller understanding. This is what it means. Praying at all times. That's what it means. John Piper said, we cannot know what prayer is until we know that life is war. And in warfare, one of the first strategies the enemy will try to do and try to disrupt and is to try to destroy the flow of communication of the foe. All in prayer means praying at all times. It's about keeping the two-way radios constantly on and the batteries charged. We need to be in contact with central command at a moment's notice, constantly throughout the day, throughout the night. Jesus said in Luke chapter 21, 36, he says that as dark days approach, stay awake at all times. In Acts 6, 4, it says the early church, the apostles gave themselves continually to pray, to prayer. 
Paul wrote in 1 Thessalonians 5.17 that we are to pray without ceasing. Years ago, I heard Chuck Swindoll talk on that, and he said, you are, this means we are to pray with the intensity of a hacking cough. And I kind of, that's always stuck in me. You know just how you just can't help when you've got a cough and you just, it's hacking away and there's nothing you can do. Now we're all scared to cough because of COVID, you know, but, but, but just with that same intensity that it's just like you can't help it but to cough in the same way we can't help it but to pray, to pray without ceasing. 2 Timothy 1.3, Paul said that he was praying constantly for young Timothy. Day and night, he said, I'm praying for you. It was said of Cornelius in Acts chapter 10, verse 2, that he prayed always to God. And so you think, well, is it possible to pray continually? Can you keep this running verbal conversation with God throughout the day, no matter what you are doing? Uh, are you able to do that? Well, yes and no. And, and, and you know what? You, you try to keep a running, verbal, out loud conversation going with God throughout the day, you're going to find yourself locked in a room and there's no doorknob to that room and you're going to be left inside there for a while because they think you're cuckoo kind of thing, you know, and, and yet there is this disposition of the heart. I remember in my young adult days, uh, uh, there was an interesting fellow in our young adult group and and the leader, we are uh, going to be eating a meal together, and, and uh, the leader turned to him and said, hey, Keith, would you, would you pray for the meal? And he's like, no, oh, no, 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 I, I don't have to pray for my food because I live a life of constant meditation and prayer. And it was just like, mic drop, like, oh, how do you respond? Well, okay, then, someone else want to pray, you know? And, and, and anyways, and just like, how did, and that's always stuck with me, though, that, that there is an element, we can pray for the meal, and we can pray for others, but even if you're living at this level, but there is, this is about a, des, a, a, a disposition of our heart. It's a posture of our soul that is to be in constant, a desire for constant communication and readiness to talk to the Lord at any time. You see, prayer is more than just a check-in at the start of the day and, you know, God help me through this day and then perhaps again at the end of the day or at mealtime or when we're in trouble. It's a way that we are to order our mental lives, our thinking lives in the level of prayer. Because let's face it, we can think in a number of different levels, can't we? Even right now, I know that's happening. Even right now, many of you are working hard at concentrating on today's message. But you're also going to other places in your mind or on your phone. And, and you know what, you're thinking about lunch. You're thinking about that nap you'll take this afternoon. Maybe you're thinking about a beach vacation after it feels a little cold and blustery today. Or maybe you're wondering, oh, I wonder what's going on in Ottawa right now. And, and, you know, got to check, you know, and, and, and all these things can be going on, on in your mind. And, and I'll, I'll be honest, as I'm preaching, oftentimes there's other things going on in my mind. I'm preaching, I'm concentrating, I'm giving the word of God, but oftentimes as I'm looking at your faces, and sometimes when I know kind of what's going on, I've heard what's going on in your life, you've shared with me, or it's come up as a prayer request, and, and even as I'm preaching, there's a part where I'm praying for you. But oftentimes as I'm preaching, I'm also thinking, Holy Spirit, help me, help me, help me. Holy Spirit, help. And it's this prayer that, that as we're doing one thing, we're also to be doing another thing, and that is to be, we can be calling out to, to God and, and keeping that level, that line of communication open with Him. And, and, and oftentimes, even 
as we're going through the day, the, the Lord brings someone to mind. It isn't just for, oh, okay, just think. About it. It, it, there's, there's a reason for that, that we can pray. Even right now, I'm preaching. I'm wondering, I wonder what Jonathan's doing on the camera. He must need him to be fixing something, and that's awesome. Thank you for doing that, so maybe I can look better for those that are watching online. And so these things are going on in our minds and in our thinking, you know, and, and so all of this happens, but, but this is teaching and developing our mind to be thinking then more than just everything else that's going on. It's training our minds, as 1 Peter 1.13 says, preparing and training, girding up the loins, it says, preparing ourselves for action. In verse 18, it says, how? It, it, it gives us further insight on how. And this is God's word. It tells us to do something, then it tells us how we do it. It says, shows us how we are to pray at all times, how this can happen in our lives. Verse 18. It continues, it says, praying at all times in the Spirit. Now, this isn't some kind of special prayer language that he's referring to when he says in the Spirit. This isn't about speaking in tongues. This is about leaning into the Holy Spirit throughout the day, praying in harmony with the Holy Spirit of God. And it is to be prompted and enabled, and it is fueled and guided by the Word of God. And so as we're in the Word of God throughout the day, Beginning of the day, part ways through the day, the word of God comes to mind. And we also pray into that in our lives as well. And we pray that God would be at work. Even today, when I was driving to, to the service today, my mind was going in all different directions. And, and then there was a bit of a um, driver who I just thought could probably use some lessons. And, 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 and right away, your mind starts going to, at least mine does, into certain places of the le how I'd love to teach them some of these things. And then all of a sudden, I was like, no, you know what? Like, what is that? Pray for them. <laughs> First of all, that they drive better. But you know what? There's a need going on in that car. We don't know what it is. It's maybe not the reason why they're driving bad. That just might be the way they go, you know? But, but, but there's an aspect of, of turning everything as much as we can to the Lord in prayer. And, and the Spirit guides us, Romans 8, 26. It says the Spirit then helps us in our weaknesses. At times we don't even know what to pray for people or in a situation. It says for we don't know what to pray as we ought, but the Spirit himself then intercedes for us with groanings too deep for words. And let's face it, we're all there. Probably throughout the day and numerous times throughout the week, and there'll be countless times throughout our lives that we get into a situation that is so complicated and, and, and maybe we're too broken. Maybe it's, we're so devastated. We don't even know where or how to start praying. Even the last two years, there's been so much confusion on how do we pray through this? Well, we use the word of God as a guide, but then we also ask the Holy Spirit to, to intercede and to help us to pray. And there's times where there's such heartache or what we're facing, there's no words, but the Holy Spirit then like, hey, let me take over, I'll pray. I'll guide you, I'll, I'll lead you in this, I'll pray with you, I'll pray for you in this. How beautiful is that? This is keeping in step with the Spirit of God in our lives. This is, can only be done in an attitude of humility, with ongoing confession and repentance in our lives, living in dependency upon the Lord. And when, when we are living along that way, the Holy Spirit then comes along and prays for us and with us. This is what it is to have this constant communication with God at all times, in all circumstances, all places. 
as if he was right there beside you. Because you know what? He is right there. If you're in Christ, he's right there. Not even, he's in you. It's training, growing to live daily with this dominant God consciousness in our lives so that he is filtered through every experience that we go through. You go every, yeah, as we train ourselves, as we grow in this, it's, it's this running communication with God. When you're dealing with kids and they're driving you absolutely nuts and it's like, Lord, it's not like you respond to your own strength. Lord, help me. <laughs> Sometimes those are the shortest prayers, aren't they? We get into a situation. As we go through the day and we see something beautiful, we see something amazing, we give God adoration and praise. We, we, we recall, we remember God's working in someone's life or some situation. And, and, and so oftentimes as we talk with people from our church or even family members and we talk about what God is doing in the lives of people in our church and, and these trophies, if you want to say, these trophies of grace, like look what God is doing. You just don't leave it there as, as happy. Like, but thank you, God, for all that you've done. And it's just this constant like, communication is we're thinking of these things. When we see a troubling situation, we pray, oh God, would you work? When we see people who are addicted, we see people who are in sin, we pray that their eyes would be open, that they would see the gospel, that they would be healed, that they would run and they would turn to Jesus. So this is what it means to be praying at all times. It's growing in this in our lives. When we see things that are broken, we pray for his healing. We need wisdom, we pray. Just don't try to muscle through it on your own because you know what, ultimately, you're not that smart. You think you are, but compared to God, he's got this resource of wisdom and power that, that we need to tap into because we're not very brilliant on our own, no matter what some of you are thinking right now. You're not. We need wisdom, so we pray. If things are good, bad, indifferent, minor, major, big picture, small picture, we check in with God in and throughout the day. It's growing in this. It's disciplining, training, girding up the loins in order to be able to do this in our lives. It's, it's like having God-enhanced glasses on throughout the day where everything gets filtered through him. This is something everyone, you can learn in this. You can grow in this. This week, put on the God-filtered glasses. Start at the beginning of the day. Help me to pray, God, all through the day. And you know what? You're going to mess up, and, and it's not like, oh, that's bad. You're just not tapping into the power, to the resources that are available for you. Like David said in Psalm 16, 8, he said, I have set the Lord always before me because he is at my right hand. Let's set the Lord before us at the beginning of the day, throughout the day. Just as breathing is so natural, would prayer at times be just as natural? I mean, even right now, just stop, just stop breathing. Just hold your breath. Are you doing that? That's about all I could do. You know, and, 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 and because breathing is so natural. Well, would, would prayer have that same kind of natural breathing in, breathing out kind of reaction in our lives? You can get to that place. We all can. That's what it means. That's what we're called to. Praying in all things. Praying at all times. That frequency. But then second of all, all in prayer means 
praying with all prayers. This speaks of variety. Verse 18, all prayer and supplication, it says. This is more than just praying for our own comforts and our wants, just, you know, sort of those routine prayers that we pray. And routine prayers are good. But it's also time to kick in some new stuff and some fresh stuff and some other stuff to our routines when it comes to prayer. As we go through the day, we come across these various situations and we need to be praying prayers to meet those situations. And throughout the day, it's going to be prayers of confession, humiliation before God, humbling ourselves before Him, prayers of brokenness over what we've done or over things going on in our world, or maybe it's prayers of joy, pray, prayers of, of praise and, and meditation and thanksgiving and adoration. There's then public prayers. This is all the variety, public prayers, private prayers, verbal prayers, silent prayers, loud prayers, soft prayers. Sometimes I'm like, can you talk a little louder? You know, sometimes people, it's kind of comical. My father-in-law is one of them. Hope he's not watching. Where he's, 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 he's generally rather, uh, you know, has talks normal and, 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 and that. But then when he comes to prayer, all of a sudden he just prays a lot quieter. And so there's silent or quieter prayers. And that's okay. That's fine. And, and, and there's various postures in prayer. Kneeling, sitting, standing, face down on the floor praying out to God. Um, with, at times with hands raised, hands open, folded, eyes open, eyes closed. If you're driving, don't drive. Now, don't pray with your eyes closed. Not a good idea. We are told to watch and pray, so at least with one eye open. There's prayer in bed. There's prayer at work. There's prayer in the car. There's prayer at church. There's prayer at home. There's prayer at school, in the hospital, indoors, outdoors, wherever we go. We, variety of prayers, variety of locations. There are general prayers that we pray. And then there are the supplications, it says here, with all prayer. With, so all kinds of prayer. And then it says, and supplications. This is where it gets like, okay, these are the special requests. This is where we're, we're praying for God to work in a specific way, in a specific situation, in a person life whether that's ours or the lives of others and there's various models and examples and patterns for prayer that we can follow from praying and, and personalizing some of the great prayers in the bible to taking s certain psalms and just praying those psalms and personalizing them there's the lord's prayer which is an awesome thing to to slowly work through you can work through that on a daily basis and you pray through the elements of that. There's, there's Abraham and Moses' prayer. Nehemiah, love his prayer. Daniel, again, killer prayer that he prays in his book. There's King Hezekiah's prayer, King Jehoshaphat's prayer, where you just read that and then you personalize that. And it's just like you pray these prayers that, that saints have prayed of old. There's prayers of David in the Psalms all throughout. There's Jesus' prayer in the garden. All of these are patterns. These are varieties. These are ways we can pray. And, and one of the models that, that we'll use here often, refer to, and even on some of our prayer nights, is the ACTS models, the A-C-T-S the model. And I encourage you, if you don't know this, to write it down. This is a great thing to follow. The first one being adoration. This starts out, you know how so many times when we go to prayer, we just go right for the jugular? You know, like it's just like, okay, God, give me this, basically. I'm like, really? It's like we, we're seeking his hand, but no, it's first, let's seek his heart. And adoration is the way that we do that. It's just calling up. Stevie Wonder, was it him that sang that I just called to say I love you? We can do that with God at any, hey, I'm just calling to say I love you. Throughout the day, Charlotte and I will check in, text message, phone call, hey, how's it going? How's the day? Just checking in. No agenda, nothing, you know, not what you're making me for supper. That's what she'll add. No. You know, it's just like, hey, just seeing how the day's going. Just call to say, hey, how are you doing? It's that adoration. It's, it, it's recalling 
God's attributes and his mighty works and it's just being in awe of him. And so you start out that way and then that moves into confession. It's recognizing and then repenting that we are often people of unclean lips and unclean thoughts and an unclean heart. And so we're recognizing that. And, and, and one of our uh, group leaders gave this, uh, sent this to me a couple weeks ago as these are some five prayer blockers. Snap a picture of this and we will put this. Aaron, if we can make sure we get this on the online lobby later on today, that would be awesome because these are some things that can hinder our prayer. When it comes to our confession before God, areas of iniquity, unconfessed sin in our life hinders our prayer. Praying with the wrong motives hinders our prayer. Having unforgiveness in our heart hinders or blocks our prayer. Stinginess, being stingy can hinder our prayer. How we treat others can also have an effect. If we're not treating others in a godly way, that can affect our prayers. It's from... John B. McDonald, not John, Sir John A. McDonald, John B. McDonald. In case some of you don't know, he used to be a Prime Minister of Canada. Not this guy, but John A. McDonald. Next, Thanksgiving. So that moves us from adoration, confession, then Thanksgiving. Giving thanks to God. Just recognizing the things that he has done in your... This is different than adoration. This is for the tangible things that you see around and it's just giving him thanks. And for the big, the hard the good things in life, but even the stinky things in life. Look at what it says in 1 Thessalonians 5, 16 to 18 on the screen. It says, rejoice always, pray without ceasing. Give thanks in all. You think that's right? Oh yeah, okay. Give thanks in all circumstances. For this is the will of God in Christ Jesus for you. This is custom made for you. Years ago, I found myself in a deep and a dark period in my life that seemed like it would have no end. I've referred to this numerous times. It was a watershed moment in my life. Anxiety, terrible anxiety, struggling mentally for months. And things were so bleak. The struggle and, and, and life just seemed hopeless. I remember so much one day exactly where I was and it was just this overwhelming, I guess this will just be for the rest of my life. And it was just another just weight of realization of this struggle that I was in. And the worst part, I was struggling in silence. I was faking it, trying to make it. And no one knew of the battle and the struggle that was going on inside my head. And I was dying on the inside. And I finally broke, confessed my struggle, my battle to Charlotte and to others. I started getting help and they were having accountability in my life. But you know when the real breakthrough started to come? The real break happened on day 17. Day 17, I'll never forget it as I would journal and I was write out scripture and I was doing this as instructions that, that I was given and I was doing all of this and I would do it and I'm like, nothing. I'd pray and it just felt like nothing. I knew it was the right thing to do, but nothing was happening, nothing was changed. Day 17, it all changed. Because day 17, I was commanded in God's word to give thanks in all circumstances. Because Melden, this is the will of God in Christ Jesus for you. And the moment I started giving thanks to God, 
The clouds didn't all of a sudden become sunny in a nice Okanagan summer, sunny afternoon, no. But those clouds started to lift, little by little. They started to raise up, and the sun started to, to, to poke through as I continued to give God thanks. Rejoice always, pray without ceasing, give thanks in all circumstances. For this is the will of God in Christ Jesus for you. Supplication is the last part of this Acts model. This is where we bring the petition. Notice, it's all been about God's heart. It's all about what he's been doing in our lives. It's all about preparing our hearts, and we're not even asking for anything yet. Now we finally get to the place. We position ourselves to be able to ask of God because as God is working and as we are focused on him, we are, have, have a greater possibility and ability to pray the will of God and to pray for his kingdom, not just for, for, for my wants and my needs, but all of a sudden now it's, God, would you be glorified? Would you be honored? And so this is where we get specific and we pray for our needs. We pray for our family. We pray for our children. You pray for your grandchildren. We pray for our church, our work, our city, our nation. All of these different things. And, 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 and through it all, we're seeking God's heart and God to work his will, his ways in all of this. Next, all in prayer means all perseverance. It means praying with all perseverance. And this is about watchfulness. This is about tenacity. Look at what it says. To that end... Keep alert with all perseverance. Now, all perseverance has a number of sides to it. Luke 18.1, Jesus said, pray and don't lose heart. I, I love the way King James puts it. He puts it, pray and don't faint. Have you ever fainted? Yeah. I, I, I fainted a number of times. One was in a Kelowna hotel room. And people say people pass out in Kelowna hotel rooms all the time. You know, that's nothing new. No, I had food. We were house hunting and we were, uh, and I ended up with food poisoning. And I woke up in the bathroom um, against the baseboard in the bathroom, as well as a great pain in my hip was just pounding me as I was coming to from, from fainting. And it was my wife trying to get into the bathroom door, which I was blocking with my body. Anyways, that weird moment, it's that almost euphoric, almost like, Oh, weird, where, where all of a sudden, you're just out, and then you come, you come to, but it's just, a, I don't know if you can, if you're a fainter or not, some people just, you know, can faint on demand, like sheep, there's certain sheep or goats that, fainting goats, I think it is, and, uh, you know, and some people might faint that easily, and, but it's just that weird moment where all of a sudden you just lose control, and Jesus, hey, don't, don't do that, don't let life, don't let what you're facing, just like, Cause you to just give up. No, he says, pray and don't faint. Pray and stay strong. This is about perseverance. This is about persevering in prayer. In Matthew 7, verse 7 to 12, we are told to ask and to seek and to knock. That's about intensity. And so we pray and we, we don't faint out. We don't just give up. It, and, and this all perseverance also means being watchful and being alert it's so important that we're watchful and alert to what's going on. Alertness is essential when, when we're living in a war zone in which we are living in. Sinclair Ferguson's put it this way, I love it. Christ is building his church on territory that has been occupied by the enemy. And so we're on enemy, enemy territory. And so we must be careful. Christ is building his church, but, but, but the, the fight is on. And it's knowing and understanding that the enemy can and will keep us from praying. Will, will distract us, discourage us. 
in various ways. But you know what? He can also prevent our prayers from being answered. So we must persevere. We must be alert. This is being alert to the spiritual battles that are going on. This is what perseverance is. Pressing on, asking, seeking, knocking, but then it's also understanding. It's being alert. There's warfare going on. Daniel chapter 10. You can read that this afternoon. Daniel's praying. But the answer we end up finding out, the answer to his prayer was hindered for 21 days. He prayed. Boom, the answer was on its way. 21 days it was held up. Why? By a demonic being. A stronghold was holding on to that answer. I wonder how many, and, and it, it's through perseverance as we continue to pray that those strongholds are broken. And I wonder how many times, how many answers to prayer are just waiting, just waiting to be answered. But they're lodged up, they're backlogged in the spiritual strongholds around. And if we got serious about praying and seeking God in these matters and praying and understanding and persevering, because all of a sudden it says, as it goes on there, that one of God's warriors came as a result of prayer. One of God's warriors came and defeated the demonic one and the answer came for Daniel. Powerful, powerful reminder to us. We're in a war zone, in a battle zone. And how we must be praying. Fourthly, all prayer, all in prayer means praying for all the saints. This is about the object and the subject of our prayers. Look what it says, making supplication for all the saints. The object of our prayers is that God's will, God's glory be done. Not my will, not their will, but that God's will, God would be glorified. That is the chief and primary object and, and, and desire in our prayers. God's glory, God's will, God's kingdom first. But then the subject is the saints, all the saints. If you're in Christ, that means you're a saint. You may not feel like it, you may not believe it, but you are a saint. That's how our God looks at you. And this is how Paul refers to fellow believers. And, and so it's not just about our prayers, just oftentimes they just revolve around our nice little circle, our nice little circle of concern. No, this is about praying for one another. This is going beyond that. And so Paul did this. He prayed. He prayed constantly for the saints, making supplications. He prayed for increased love, increased power, discernment, knowledge of God's will. He prayed for unity for them. And, and these are the very things that Satan wants to try to take away from God's people. He wants to confuse and weaken and deceive and discourage. And there's examples of those prayers that Paul prayed throughout his writings and, and even here in Ephesians 1 and Ephesians 3. We have some of Paul's prayers and we see how he prayed for other saints. In the book of Acts, we see high priority of the early church gathering together for potlucks. Yes, for sure, for potlucks, I'm sure. But, but for prayer, praying for and with one another. Yes, prayer is to be a private matter, and it's a private prayer life that we grow and we develop, but we also need to grow and develop the strong corporate expression of prayer. We have a prayer time out in the parking lot. It was chilly this morning um, at 8.30. And yet through chilliness and through the heat that will soon be hitting us, we pray at 8.30. We pray for our services and, and, and pray that God would work. We have prayer groups and, and, and we, or in our small groups, there's that prayer time and we encourage like less talk, more prayer. Make sure that we're spending leaders, group members, 
Don't go into the long story and explanation. Just do that later in a chat. Get to praying and about these situations that you're facing and that, that, that you can pray for, for and with one another. There's prayer going on before events and setups at 7 a.m. when the crew arrives here. First thing they do is pray, the rehearsals, the setup, the, all of these different things. Few things, honestly, bring greater joy to me as a pastor than when I see before the service, after the service, I see people talking with one another, laughing, sometimes crying, a hug, whatever goes on. But the thing that brings me the biggest joy is all of a sudden when I see these people have been laughing, crying, talking, and all of a sudden we see them and they're praying. Like, yes, yes, praying together with the saints. Would that just be growing and, and happening more and more? We talk about something and saying, hey, yeah, I'll pray for you. Stop and do it right there. Don't just say it, do it. And not that you won't do it afterwards, but, but do it. Like, let's put it into practice. Let's call to action. Tonight, we have a great opportunity to pray together as the body of Christ, to grow in this area. Such great joy when this happens. At times, with everything going on, and you look at our troubled world, I am so convinced that, that we need this world needs, this troubled society needs a church, needs people who will pray, who will pray more and more and more and more. And there's a special empowering, a strengthening that happens when we call on the name of the Lord together. In Acts chapter 4, we read that we see that when the church was praying together, the place that they were praying was shaken and they walked out of there speaking with great boldness. We need to learn to speak with greater boldness and greater love and greater effectiveness to, to those around us. How does that happen? By praying together with other believers. There's something that happens when we pray. Boldness to stand and speak for God as a result of prayer. Next, next time, and, 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 and you maybe thought we were done this series, but we're not quite done this series yet because there's verse 19. It just keeps getting better. And we see in verse 19 that, that, that we see the call... To prayer is a prayer for boldness and we see the beautiful result of that boldness in our next sermon series that we'll jump into. It's amazing. It's beautiful. Acts chapter 12, Peter was in prison. It was the night before he would stand trial before Herod. But what was happening? But the church was earnestly praying. They were joined together. They were praying. And suddenly, as they were praying, the chains were broken and he was set free. The result of a praying church. What prisons, what addictions, what struggles, what battles are people facing around us in our own lives that we are facing that are only going to be broken through the church praying together. Kingdom results start with all in prayer. Let's bow our heads. Just even in a moment of contemplation even now and looking at our own lives i just want to to get ready to worship the lord and and again just even declare our dependency upon the lord in prayer i just want to ask you how are you doing when it comes to all in prayer is there room for some improvement and growth in your life i'm i'm sure we could all say yes to that we want to grow and and be in greater communication or start that communication with the lord Loved ones, may we see that prayer is not just merely a suggestion, but it's a command. It's a life-giving, 
life-altering command that we have been given because it's life. It's not to guilt us, not to shame us, not to put a big burden on, oh, I guess we better pray more. No, this is where the battles are won and lost. It starts right here with prayer, all in prayer, praying in these four areas that we've been talking about, learning, growing, developing these in our lives. We can have a strong knowledge of God's word. We can have a strong knowledge of doctrine and we can have effective grip on the principles for living the Christian life and, and we can become so easily satisfied and not have a, a longing or a heart for, for passionate prayer, for a constant dependence upon the Lord. May I just remind you that prayerlessness is sin. It's saying, God, I don't need you. I've got this. I don't need you in this area of my life. And that's going to land us in a heap of trouble as we continue on in that way. And so God, I pray, like your disciples, they came to your son, they came to Jesus, and they said, oh, teach us to pray. God, I pray that you would teach each one of us, no matter where we are at, whether we're just starters in this area or, or people have been faithful prayer warriors for years that in a greater way, in a greater humility and dependency, we would say, oh, teach us to pray. That there are answers. There are answers to prayer. There are strongholds to be broken. There are addictions to be ended. There are lost people to be saved. There are marriages and relationships to be restored that will come as a result of prayer. Even the history of revivals and renewals, and we pray for our nation. We, we've been praying for our nation in these days and the developments that's happening throughout our land, even in this. We know that real change, real freedom, comes only through a work of God in the Spirit of God, through that starts in the people of God and spreads out. Oh God, teach us to pray. Oh God, revive your church and revive us. And from that, oh God, would you change and transform and save the souls of people in this region, in our nation, in this world. This is where the power is. It's in prayer. And so God, would we call upon your name in all things, for all things, and believe in, in, in a great way that you will change, change situations, you will change hearts, you will transform, you will hear, you will answer as we call upon you with great need and ultimate dependency. And all God's people said, amen. Let's